Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, podcasting after dark time. You can probably tell that by the sound of the voice time. Uh, not a great second half for the Vols today time. Not a really nice way to put that time. So we'll just move on time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls. It's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Saturday evening, late Saturday evening here in the witching hour. Uh, but it's not just me on this podcast. Uh, due to COVID rules, uh, it's just kind of how it's going to be on the road from now on, or at least for this season, I think, guys. We're sending only one on the road. That's the rules. Got to live with them. Uh, but the good news is sending one of this fella uh, on the road is like sending an army of mortal men. Patrick Brown, what's up, my man? Not much. Uh, of course, it didn't rain at all after all the talk about rain during the week. I don't think it rained at all during the game. Uh, Tennessee's lost to Georgia. But I can to tell you it was raining uh, quite a bit on the way back from Athens time. Yeah, I was looking at that, and I think I even uh, – I was kind of laughing about it. I, I sent you a text message today saying, hey, man, it looks like the game starts like 335. It looks like around 345 it's going to start raining, and then it's just not going to stop for like the rest of the game. And uh, that that definitely didn't happen. So, hey, there was one positive, uh, more positive than that, uh, that you got back at least part of the way home this evening after that uh, what, what sounded like some nasty rain there. But uh, things not not so great for the Vols in the second half of this football game today. Final score, number three, Georgia, 44. Number 14, Tennessee, 21. Pat, uh, I hate to say Taylor two halves because that's one of my least favorite cliches in all of sports, but uh, – kind of what it was yeah and and i should have made the segue from the weather to the second half because it was a uh it was a deluge against the vols uh then that second half outscored 27 to zero i don't remember what was uh wasn't it just 14 zero last year or might have been 17 uh it wasn't it wasn't a lot wasn't a lot um and i don't know that that one was as as dominant a showing as georgia uh, was um, to, uh, on Saturday. But, yeah, you know, Tennessee f- felt great about where they were at halftime, even Josh Palmer after the game saying that he was convinced they were going to win the game at halftime. Um, then the second half happened, and Tennessee just 
they just uh, they were just outplayed, outcoached, and uh, Georgia flexed its muscles and sort of kind of humbled Tennessee there a little bit after halftime. Yeah, and to be to be clear, I I think that that Tennessee even in the first half uh, did not play great football. I I really believe that. I think Tennessee did not play nearly as well as it could have. It made a couple of really nice uh, short yardage stops there. Did some good things. I, I think there were some things that 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 were that were pretty impressive, but also made a lot of mistakes and just a lot of dumb plays that you cannot make. DeAndre Johnson getting booted. Uh, dropping a pick there that ends up being a touchdown a few plays later, uh, penalty after penalty on the offensive line. We'll talk more about that and maybe what caused some of that in a minute. But uh, just a, a whole lot of really, really dumb mistakes. Um, and still, though, they, they had the wherewithal. They made enough plays. They sat there, and, and they took a lead uh, into the into the break there at, at halftime. And you're thinking, okay, Tennessee gets the ball to start the second half. You know what? All things considered, could have been better, but but still fortunate, you know, to to be ahead. And then just the first two possessions of the third quarter were just I mean, that was for for the people who give Jared Garantano a hard time, that's just more meat on the bone there, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it's it's crazy to say that this was only Jared Garantano's fault. I mean, that's just missing the forest for the trees. Because I agree, I don't I don't think anybody on Tennessee's offense played well today. I mean, the offensive line looked uh, overwhelmed, overmatched. It looked like the moment was too big for them. Um, and part of that should go to Georgia. I mean, this, this defense I think is as good as advertised. Um, you know, the run, you know, Tennessee's running backs didn't get, you know didn't have much room. They didn't make much happen when they did have some room. Um, wide receivers weren't getting open. A lot of contested catches had to be made. So um, it, it's not just the quarterback. It's it's easy for a lot of people to point to the quarterback, and obviously Jared Garantano made some some big mistakes. Um, you know, but it's not his fault. His left tackle got beat by Aziz Ojolari, who then stripped him. Um, the interception, he, he probably should have just eaten that one. Uh, and he said that was a bad play, but he was also getting hit on that one. He was getting hit on – most of the day. So um, that, that was the story of this game is, is those turnovers there to start the second half, the turnovers. Uh, and, and then of course the back breaking fumble there, uh, a blitz. Again, a guy comes free strip sack fumble touchdown. Um, that's just that, that was the, those three turnovers were something that Jeremy Pruitt pointed to the difference in the game. But the difference in the game was that, that Georgia controlled the line of scrimmage, especially with their defense. Tennessee could not run the ball. Um, they could not protect Garantano. Georgia had free runners, free rich, free rushers, all game long. Um, and when Tennessee did do good things, they tended to shoot themselves in the foot with penalties. So ten penalties, eighty-four yards. Uh, you almost have to play a perfect game with against a team like Georgia. Uh, and Tennessee played far, far from a perfect game. That's why they lost by what was it, twenty-three points? So yeah, um, okay. a, a good, a good reminder for Tennessee of. Uh, when you when you do some things right, you can hang in, the, in 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 a game against a team like that. But if you do so many things wrong, you you're not gonna have a chance to win. Yeah, I, I think it's important to to note that I want to I want to be careful how I say this because I, I do think that that mu- too much as usual will be made of the quarterback performance in this game. I do think that that is. Um, It'll be a little bit unfair, uh, but I also think that the reason I said that is because that's going to be the conversation in a lot of ways, whether it's fair or not. And Garantano just he does not do himself favors when when he's put on stages like this. And, and it's 
I know that, that reasonable minds can disagree on some of these things, um, and there were a lot more problems than him in this game, but I just wanted to mention that first because it's going to be what people discuss. Listen, you, you had minus one rushing yards as a team for the entire game, which is just – it is what it is. That's just terrible. Um, you, you had the offensive line had some procedure issues again, had some penalties, other penalties again, uh, whiffed on some blocks again. And, and hey, that, that's going to happen some against Georgia, but – it, it, it probably happened too much. And, and I think uh, we were talking about it after the game and, and Grant Ramey, our coworker disagreed with me also. Cause, cause I said, you know, I think Tennessee has to be a little bit better up front than that. And, and, you know, Grant said he thought the story of the game was more, um, was more Georgia showing out than Tennessee not showing up. But I, I still think when you look at the talent Tennessee has up front offensively, that was inexcusably bad football from that group. And I just – I think that if you want to go forward as a program, you have to have standards, you have to have expectations, you have to have your most talented players, your most talented position groups have to perform, and those guys just have to perform better, than, in my opinion, than they did today. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, you know, there were obviously breakdowns collectively, you know, when, when guys aren't picked up, um, you know – Sliding protections, making sure who's got who, and when there's you know when the team shows blitz and when the other team shows blitzes, and there were moments where it was just one on one guys getting whipped. I mean, uh, Wanya Morris got beat for one sack. Uh, I know Cade Mays had a had an Olay there that um, I think that might have been the fumble that Tennessee got back. Um, I think you know, you might they be lost right. two, and they almost they were fortunate not to lose a third. So um, yeah, I mean. It's hard, you know. Tennessee could have had Peyton Manning back there today. I'm not, I don't know how much of a difference it, it really would have made because Georgia had guys in the backfield all day, um, and not a lot of running room. And, and like you said, Wes, it's that's a prideful group. Uh, I think a lot of people expected better. They did have a little bit of a uh, of a situation. Jerome Carvin, I think, only played maybe a couple snaps, um, so they had to they moved Cade they moved Cade Mays uh, down to. To, to guard and, and started Darnell Wright and um, but they were you know I, I don't know the lineup change really made that big a difference just because um, Georgia was was really good and, and took advantage and, and clearly won that matchup but you know Tennessee's offensive line you know it, to, to touch on the penalties um, you know sometimes penalties happen because the other team has better players sure you know, and that, sure. That's, that's you know Tennessee last week doesn't have any against Missouri you know Missouri had a nice win today but Missouri does not have the same kind of talent that, that Georgia does and so uh, when a when an athlete you know when, when you lose a one on one you you panic and and you know draw a pass interference penalty or you know commit one or you get beat and you hold you know that happens but so many of Tennessee's mistakes were false starts there's a snap infraction uh, there was one false start where they weren't set I mean just and a couple of those came you know after they had good positive you know efficient plays so um, I, I think in total there were six penalties on the offense I think they were all on the offensive line so. Um, and I think just one of them was holding. So um, a tough day for that group. It's a prideful group. You, you would expect them to, uh, to bounce back, and, and they're obviously going to see a lot of things on film that, that aren't going to look good. It's not going to be a fun film session for them, but it's probably not going to be a fun film session for anybody, anybody on Tennessee's football team. It, it's um, it, it's going to be hard to figure out some positives to take from this game, honestly, um, and, and that's, that's a shame because Tennessee played – put itself in position to have a lead at halftime and, and you thought, hey, they may have something here, but then they didn't. 
Yeah, and, yeah. and we'll, we'll talk more about that that defense in the in the second segment because I do think there are some positives, legitimate positives you can take away defensively from that performance today. I also think there are a lot of things that that you're going to have to sit there and, and and criticize Tennessee for, and you know every position group, some stuff on the coaches. I mean, there's a lot of things that they got to tighten up defensively, but there were also some positives there. Um, offensively, I, I mean, I, I don't know many positives other than we knew Josh Palmer was a football player. He showed it again with a couple of big-time touchdown catches. Uh, some Georgia people think he may have gotten away with an offensive pass interference on one of them. I'm not positive about that. I think it was it would have been a tough call to go against Tennessee there. Uh, um, well, Georgia people also thought that Bryce Thompson was not interfered with on a play. He would have intercepted it if he wasn't grabbed. They were booing that very vehemently, too. So not sure what they were seeing. Some some of those calls today. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I mean, I guess you'll see that everywhere. But yeah, that that's fair. I, I do I do think that before we move on in the second segment and talk about the defense, I, I think offensively there's a couple things that we need to get out there. One is that uh, Jeremy Pruitt was emphatic Saturday night uh, when he said that Tennessee he he did not consider uh, making a quarterback change. He did not think that it would matter because Tennessee wasn't protecting anyone. And I think the only you know, the argument you could have made if you wanted to make a change would be that you needed someone with more mobility uh, maybe to get away from some of those pressures. But but Brian Maurer would, would be that guy, and he had, um, you know, he's been banged up a little bit, maybe not running quite as well as he normally does. So, I, I you know, Tennessee would have needed an athletic, a really, really athletic running quarterback uh you know, to get away from some of those pressures from Georgia today. I, I just – they just – they lost that game up front. Um, and I think that's – you know, I, I do want to give credit to Georgia because that is an incredible defense. You look at the statistics from the past two seasons, guys, there is nothing fluky about that. When you are that good for that many games in a row, you are elite defensively. Um, they're rolling in four-star and five-star prospects at so many positions. They're really, really good. They've got a, you know an experienced guy on the back end too, in the count that they've got. They've got all the the pieces there. So so they are the kind of program Tennessee is trying to build. Um, but my thing, Pat, before we go to break here, is that I have seen and we have seen in college football in the past several years. I have seen teams much worse than this Tennessee team beat teams that are as good as that Georgia team. We've, you know, Georgia last season, South Carolina goes in there and shocks them, right? Um, Bama's had a couple of stinkers over the years that have been surprising. I have seen teams do that. The problem is in these games, Tennessee just does not give itself a chance to put legitimate pressure on the other team. Tennessee, if it had just not completely self-destructed in the third quarter, just go three and out on those first two drives, punt the ball downfield, put some pressure on Georgia. They don't have a great quarterback. He, he's okay. He's just not great. He's not going to put you on his back and go win a ton of games for you unless there's people around him. Um, but they just they didn't give themselves a chance to do that. And if you want, if you don't have as much talent as the other team, you have got to put pressure on that team and make them uncomfortable and make them make mistakes. And Tennessee in the second half just did not give itself a chance at all. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's what we talked about, turnovers, penalties. Uh, I mean, those, you know, missed assignments, those kind of things can just get you beat. Um, you know, I think Tennessee threw two games, I think for uh, the large part of the last two two games, they, they looked like a well-coached football team. They didn't look like a well-coached football team today. Just mistakes that – True. It, 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 at some point, you know, when you when you have, what, four or five false starts, it's one you're wondering if the moment is, is too big for you. Where you're, you're just, you're getting in, you're kind of getting 
maybe stage fright. Um, and so that, you know, this was the biggest game Tennessee has played in a while. Um, and, and you wonder, you know, they, they were expected to compete. Sometimes you can, you know, the element of surprise can be on your side. Um, and, and I think Tennessee did a lot of, you know, I think they, they did do some good things to stay in the game as long as they did, you know, defensively after the two turnovers, they forced field goals on those first two. Um, and, and really, I think Georgia went backwards on both drives. I mean, I, I think, um, I think that was, you know, they, they stayed in the game there, but the offense was just so bad in the second half that eventually the defense was going to kind of gas out a little bit. And, you know, when you're, when you're fighting uphill like that, um, you know, that that's what's going to happen. And, and, you know, sometimes some of these games get surprised, you know, some of these, some of these teams, as you mentioned, get surprised, kind of find themselves in a game and then they, you know, they don't know how to respond talking about maybe Georgia losing to South Carolina last season. Um, this was a good response by Georgia because Tennessee, you know, had them, you know, that was a, it was a, I don't want to say a quiet stadium, you know, but there were stretches in the first half after where it was, you know, the second play, because he gets a defensive touchdown on a gift of a, of a terrible shotgun snap. Yeah. And and, and, an with, all-time bad shotgun snap. Uh, I mean, and then, you know, at the end of the half, you make that those plays down there on the goal line, which was a great deep, you know, great goal line standby since his defense. But then, you know, you just – it got to the point where in the second half, the offense was, you know, their inability to move the ball, um, I, I think, kind of took its toll on the defense. You know, complimentary football. It's a Bush Jones term, but a lot of other coaches use it, and that's that's part of it too. You know, your how your offense plays can sometimes impact how your defense plays. So, um, and, and and Tennessee made a lot of mistakes on defense. A lot of you know, a lot of, let some guys get wide open. Um, some mistakes in the secondary. I think Jeremy Pruitt was pretty frank about some of the things that uh, they did on third down. They shouldn't have called because they couldn't execute them right. I think Sean Schamberger was rusty. I think he even got replaced there late in the game. Yeah, he did. Uh, after giving up a touchdown. So a uh, lot, lot of things that, that, you know, Tennessee will find that they did wrong. And I do want to make one more one more thought on, on the quarterback situation. Like I said, I don't, I don't think it would have mattered if Garen Tanner had been replaced or not. Up, up, up until that last drive, I thought, um, you know, after they got the stop there, after they got the fumble, um. And let's keep in mind, you know, Tennessee needed a a break, a pass breakup in the end zone and a fumble to keep up from giving 50 in this game. Um, but then after that, I thought they might push Shroud in to get him some reps, but maybe they're saving him for the Sunday scrimmage. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that the, the my final oh, thought my here final in the thought in the first it. segment oh. is that I, I, I think the frustration can be that, you know, Garantano has been around for so long and I understand, and I don't even know that it's wrong. I understand why, as a as a fan, you might sit there and go, you know what, they've just proven time and time again that they're not going to win really, really big games with this guy under center because he, he doesn't get it done in those games. And I understand that frustration. Uh, and if you're Jeremy Pruitt, you got to, you know, if you want to argue here and play devil's advocate, you got a decision to make because – on one hand, you are trying to win as many football games as you can right now uh, because you owe that to your team. Uh, those guys work their tails off, especially in a year like this where everything's been so weird. You owe those guys everything you've got to to win as many games as you can win. On the other hand, if you're trying to build something here and you're trying to move forward as a program, ultimately you want to be beating teams like Alabama and Georgia, and are you going to do that with Garantano playing quarterback? And – 
you know, unless something weird happens, the jury's sort of decided that one. So I, I, I do understand the frustration and I understand the argument. I just don't know if you're Tennessee that you're there yet. Maybe you are, but I just, I don't think you're quite there yet. Well, and, and I'll, I'll just be honest. I think changing quarterbacks is an oversimplification of a bigger issue. I think Tennessee's got a lot more problems that they need to fix just in other, other than the quarterback situation. You know, the, the backup quarterback is always perpetually the most popular guy on the team. He's Absolutely. automatically better than the starting quarterback. The starting quarterback struggles and the third, third stringer is probably better than both of them. So um, I think Tennessee can, they need to play better at quarterback. I, I don't think there's any question. And I think, Jared Garantan will be the first one to tell you that, um, but they need to play better in a lot of other, a lot of other places on the offensive line too. I think that's uh, a lot of other places on the offense. Let me say that, including the offensive line. So um, it's just th- there were a lot of things that went wrong today, and it, it's easy to point and you know say number two, it's his fault, bench him, all that stuff. But um, I, I don't know that 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 it's at that point just yet. I think that's fair enough, guys. We got plenty more to discuss about this game. There's a uh, we haven't discussed, I don't think, or talked enough about Tennessee's defense because there were there were some significant positives, in my opinion, anyways, with that group in this game. And and there were a lot of things that are frustrating and a lot of things that we'll have to discuss that aren't so great. Uh, but if you're looking for something to build on, I think you can see something again uh, with that group. Uh, and I think we need to discuss that in the second segment. Before we do that, though, we're going to step away, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, other fun things, and we'll be right back here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to us from an undisclosed location somewhere in the southeastern United States in a hotel. And we will leave it at that. Uh, Pat, we got a lot to discuss, um, a lot more to discuss from Tennessee's 44-21 to 21 loss uh, at Georgia today, at third-ranked Georgia, down there at Sanford Stadium. Uh, before we do that, though, I'm going to remind you again, or ask you again, I should say, please go in there uh, and take just a second and subscribe to this podcast, mash that subscribe button, and then rate and review this podcast. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And we're happy to do this for free. We really are. But the one thing we're going to ask for, if you could take just a minute 
just a couple minutes, go in there and rate and review this podcast. Uh, drop a, drop us a line in there. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you like. Uh, if there's something that you want to see improve, uh, tell us that. If there's something that um, it's a question or a topic that you want to see us discuss, if there's uh, something that um, that you really want to hear from us, please please that please go drop us a line. We are not above constructive criticism, guys. We we are not. We we want uh, we see how much this is improving. We see the numbers every week. It's just amazing, and we're eternally grateful for it. Um, but the one thing you can do that will help us more than anything other than talking to some friends and telling them, them to subscribe also is just subscribing it, uh, subscribing to it, and rating and reviewing. Please, please, please go do that. Pat, um, when you see that Georgia scores 44 points against Tennessee, uh, you, you think probably some things did not go right defensively. Now, in fairness, Georgia got you know, a, a touchdown on defense. Georgia got two really, really short fields that turned into uh, field goal drives there. So that's 13 points or so just straight off the bat that, that should not have happened and cannot be pinned on the defense. So I, I think you have to keep it within reason there. Plus, you have to consider that Tennessee uh, was, again, you know, four for 17 on third down, just did not did not have one snap in Georgia's red zone, I believe, in the entire football game, which is just – I don't know that I've ever seen that from a Tennessee team before. That's just crazy to think about. But I, I think defensively, there are some things that you can talk about that are that are good. I think you saw some mental toughness from that group. I think you saw uh, just really, really good short yardage defense. Tennessee forced Georgia, which is a really good football team with some good backs, some really good offensive linemen, forced Georgia to have to go play action pass on a on a on a, on a goal to go play from the one yard line because every run they tried to get into the end zone that way did not work. So they, they got some big, big stops. Uh, they made some big plays. I think that that needs to be said. Um, but there were also some plays that you just can't have. Georgia was 8 of 16 on third down. Uh, Tennessee had lost DeAndre Johnson, um, one of its best pass rushers there, 3.5 sacks the first two games. Uh, he gets himself booted from the game in the first quarter with just one of the dumbest targeting penalties you will ever see. Uh, Trayvon Flowers drops a pick in the end zone. Uh, some holding penalties, uh, some some DPI penalties. Uh, you know, j- just some 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 things that really bothered me, including having to take back to back timeouts in the third quarter of a close game because you can't get properly lined up and you don't have enough guys on the field. Uh, I know Tennessee had some injuries. I know it's been a weird year with COVID, um, but that just cannot happen. And that I think that's the eighth timeout Tennessee's taken in the past two games on defense, um, which is just that's too many. Uh, there's some things they've got to clean up there. I think there were some positives, and we can discuss that, Pat. But we know Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Angeli. We know how good of coaches they are. We know the sort of pressure they put on themselves and the the, the CVs they have in that area. Um, but that just – they did not look especially well coached today on that side of the ball, I didn't think. Well, I, I thought they had some good calls. Uh, and you saw some adjustments. I think after uh, Stetson Bennett made a couple of plays with his legs, one time where I think he just outran Roman Harrison and, and Kevon Bennett, then he had the, the scramble for the touchdown where um, it was – there was a pretty clear block in the back on Bryce Thompson that was not called. Fair. Um, That's fair. But they, they did some things on third down where they switched up uh, one of their dime packages and sort of drop Morvin Joseph into a kind of a spiral. I think that worked a couple times. Um, but they just had they had too many mistakes where they let guys loose. Um, and, and I do think they missed DeAndre Johnson there in the second half. Uh, although Roman Harrison did have a sack early in the game. Um, and, and and you know I think they were they were getting the job done there for two and a half you know two plus quarters. 
Uh, and then I, I think the defense just sort of wore down there a little bit. But, yeah, I, I, you know, Pruitt said after the game that, you know, if if you can't make calls on, on third down as a staff, if your players can't execute them, I think he, they probably maybe got a little bit too complicated at that point or and, and at some points. The, the timeouts, I don't. I don't think that's a huge deal. I mean, you, you can't have a third down where you have 10 guys on the field and you can't, you know, sometimes you just get caught on tempo and you have to burn a timeout as opposed to giving up a five yard penalty for having 12 guys if a guy gets off late. So sometimes that's, that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, they just, I think they gave up too many big plays. You know, you know, Pierce Jackson was a guy that, that Tennessee needed to worry about. Um, you know, yeah, I think he's been George's best receiver, even better than George Pickens this season. And agreed, uh, it took a while for Jackson to come alive. But then he made some some big catches there in, in the second half as Georgia kind of got it rolling. And um, Tennessee just left him open once, and then another time he just I think he just got open. So um, yeah, you know the, the the goal line defense was good. I thought Henry Toto had a great game. That guy was everywhere uh, from what I thought. Yeah, he he, um, made, he made he got he got beaten pretty bad in pass coverage early in the game for a big play. But after that, he really really played yeah, a good football game. And, and, they didn't cover, you know, they didn't cover the tight end again. Same song, different verse, you know. Um, but they, they did a lot of good things. But then, as you know, as the game wore on, you saw more missed tackles. You saw, you know, Kendall Milton, I think, is George's best running back, and they should give him the ball more. Um, but maybe he maybe he fumbled there at the end. Maybe he maybe that's why they don't give it to him more. True. Um, and but, and, and, know, and he's saw, a freshman. They got some older guys. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. And, you know, you saw more missed tackles and things like that. But um, I, I think that's that's where the game boiled down to from, from Jerry McCruitt's point of view was, was the turnovers um, and some of the third down mistakes that they made on defense. Because would, would you say they were George 8-16? Yes. And, and a couple of those times it was third and manageable where they just turned around and hand the ball off. So, um, But some of those situations were, were breakdowns that Tennessee got chances to get off the field. I mean, um, there were – two big third downs on Georgia's first touchdown drive. So it's 23-21, right? In third quarter, you're still in the game. Yes. You come up with two stops, and then you've got, I think, a third and seven, maybe a third and ten, um, and you let Jackson get loose on both of them. So, um, and, and then, you know, the, you had a couple PIs early in the first half with uh, one point Pickens got behind Alante Taylor, and he just he panicked and grabbed him. It happens, I mean. You know, it happens in a game when maybe you get beat deep and you have that moment where yeah, you're that, like, I that, don't want to get beat deep. In college, that's a smart play. Guy. Yeah, in college, that's a smart play. Um, I don't know about the one on McCullough. I think he might have been just going for the ball. And the thing about that play is, is even if he hadn't interfered with him, he <laughs> the ball was so far behind Jackson that he was not going to catch it. Uh, it was such an errant throw. And, and, and then even before that play, though, I think, you know, Bennett served one up into double coverage and Trayvon Flowers. You have to make that play. I mean – you got two guys there. Guy gives you a, you know, when 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 you're an underdog and you get a play like that, you have to make it. And and that was a, you know, I think they ended up scoring on that drive, right? So that was yeah, they got a touchdown on that drive. Yeah, so that that was you know that was a big play at the time that that you know turned into an even bigger one. So that's just you know you. Tennessee's defense, I think, did some better things than Tennessee's offense, but still a lot of things that they're going to that they're going to watch on Sunday, and they're just going to shake their head at as a staff and as uh, as players. Yeah, Pat, I'll tell you what 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 concerns me a little bit, and, and and maybe it's not shocking after what these guys went through in camp with COVID and everything, but um, and I know people get tired of hearing that word, but 
it, it affects everyone differently, every program differently. And Tennessee at certain positions just got hampered by it pretty good there in preseason camp. And uh, especially there in the secondary, I think, at times. And, and, and there are the communication issues in that group are really – really been kind of a downer at least for for me this season in terms of of watching it because you know how well I mean Tennessee's got just an absolutely fantastic group of defensive backs coaches Jeremy Pruitt's one of the best defensive backs coaches around and um, Derek Ansley's right there also this guy was the highest paid DB's coach in the NFL not long ago so I mean these guys are really good defensive backs coaches I think we knew that when they lost Nigel Warrior that that some communication issues on the back end might flare up early in the season um, but but especially after Elante Taylor went out, they they had they had some hard time communicating again. And this goes back to uh, I think it was the first play last week where they had another communication issue on defense, and they just that seems to be cropping up a lot in the back end. And that to me is is kind of disappointing because you're going to give up plays now and then. That's going to happen, but you have to know what you're doing and you have to know where you're going and what your assignment is. Uh, and where you're supposed to be. And, and I don't think that th- there's been too many times this season, I think, where that's been a problem for Tennessee. And, and feel free to tell me, Pat, if, if you think I'm being too harsh there. I, I just – I think that with with the the pedigree that those coaches have defensively, especially in the secondary, I just th- – that's something that's got to get cleaned up. Yeah, I thought I thought Sean Schamberger had a rusty game today. He looked like a guy that hadn't – was playing for the first time this That's season. I, I think he's practiced the past two weeks while he hasn't been playing. Um, but you know, he, I, you know, make makes a wrong step here in zone coverage. Let's the guy get open, gets beat off the line. You know, gives up a couple of plays over the middle uh, early and late. So um, you know, defending in the middle of the field has been a problem for Tennessee all all season, and, and Georgia really took advantage of it. They had the uh, the one play with it was sort of a fluky play where. Uh, I think it was Burton caught the ball on a crossing route and they've got him, you know, they're doing what their coach do. They got him bottled up. They got three guys there. Jalen McCall comes and rips the ball out and, you know, Georgia center is hustling down the field and catches it on the fly. And yeah. you know, he, he, he got tripped he, up. He might've, he might've, he might still be running. He made up, um, he, he made up for that, uh, that, that snap early in the game with that yeah. play. That was an unbelievable hustle play. That's like a game ball kind of play. Give him yeah, credit. And that, you know, um, but that's, you know, there's just not as and McCall had a great hit early in the game too that that stopped the big play. So they just um, it's it's sort of an inconsistency deal with the secondary because they'll have good plays, they'll have good coverage plays sometimes. Uh, you know, I think Pickens made a great you know made a juggling catch on Alante Taylor when Alante was in pretty good position. You know, obviously Bryce Thompson had good good position on Darnell Washington when he drew an OPI, and uh, you see some good things from really every level of the defense, not just the secondary, but then you, you know, a linebacker gets beat in coverage or JP gets beat by a tight end. You know, they just, inconsistency has been sort of a thing. And that's, you know, is that chalk down to, you know, what went on in the preseason? I don't know. Um, but they, they just, they have good stretches and then, you know, they give up a, give up a big play or, or can't get off the field on third down. And it's just, they got to iron out some of the things. Um, like I said, as a staff, and, and as a, as players too, you know, the yeah. player, the coach have to make the right calls and get the team prepared during the week. But, you know, push comes to shove players also have to execute too. And, and sometimes there's just, there's situations for Tennessee on, on defense where they don't execute like they're supposed to. Um, and, and, and sometimes the other team just makes play and, and Georgia did some of that too uh, on Saturday. Yeah. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, Tennessee held Georgia to 3.9 yards per carry. 
And Zamir White, who's Georgia's feature back right now, had 50 yards on 22 carries. That's 2.3 a pop. That's they did a good job on White, but that the the overall rushing number is torpedoed by that that lost 30 yard snap. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's fair. I mean, but then again, yeah, I mean that, that's 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 actually a really good point. I'm going to give you that one, Pat. So they would have been they would have been probably over. Uh, that that would have put them at probably 222 or 223 for, for 49 carries. That would have made them still just around four yards a carry. You can live with that. It's not great. But they. I, I guess my point here is that that overall, I was much more concerned about their, their pass coverage than their run coverage heading into this game, and I'm still there now because – I just I think that if you can spread the field a little bit in some situations and you can just get some matchups uh, against Tennessee's kind of inside cover guys, whether that's a linebacker, whether that's the nickel, that, 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 that's just – they're having a really hard time there. Yeah, defending in the middle of the field. And, and like I said, you, you thought that would be um, alleviated some by uh, Sean Schamberger's return. And like I said, I think he was rusty. You know, you can practice even if you're not playing, but uh, you have a moment when, you know, there's nothing like game shape, right? And and maybe that was uh, something where his first game of the season, it was his, it, it was the opener for him, but not for everybody else. And I think that showed a little bit. I think that's fair. Pat, before we step out of here, you know, this is uh, – Tennessee has not lost a game in, I guess, basically a calendar year almost. An eight-game winning streak has gone kaput. The Vols are now down to two and one. But there are still seven games left in this season. And uh, that was a really, really wacky Saturday in the SEC. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do to Alabama uh, to Alabama's defense what Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss did today. They didn't win the game, but and that was just a weird – Weird, weird. It was weird to see Alabama having that happen. And then, of course, the big shocker of the day, uh, Missouri hosts LSU and beats LSU, a game that was originally supposed to be in Baton Rouge, got moved to Missouri. Um, but Missouri, who who got beaten soundly the week before by Tennessee, just seven days later, goes out there and beats LSU. And maybe, you know, LSU obviously is not what it was last season, but that's still uh, still a ton of athletes there, so a big win there. And then Florida goes to Kyle Field and uh, to Texas A&M and loses uh, in the, one of the early games on Saturday also. So th- this is a weird, weird year. I think, again, we're seeing that there's a couple teams there, Alabama and Georgia, that are just kind of better, more more talented uh, than, than the rest of the pack. But there's a lot to play for this season. And uh, Tennessee, I think, if you want to take something away from this game, Pat, it's that uh, Tennessee, the good news is that almost all of the mistakes Tennessee made in this game against Georgia are correctable. Uh, the bad news is, why did they happen in the first place? Um, but if, you know, hosting Kentucky next week, you got a chance to get the thing back on the tracks. And, you know, there's no shame in losing at Georgia. Uh, Should have been a closer game, probably. It wasn't. But I don't, you know, I, I, there's just a lot to play for right now. And it's a weird year, so let's see what happens, maybe. Yeah, it's a weird, it is a weird year. And I think today in the league proves that it's it's really unpredictable. I mean, just think of how, you know, things look different from week to week. You know that Missouri win for Tennessee looks looks a lot better now because they 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 had well they put up 41, 45 points on on uh, on LSU. Now LSU's defense I think has some serious troubles. Um, I I, don't, I would be surprised. I don't know how long Bo Pelini's going to last there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know, but 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 it should lead to some more elite Bo Pelini tweets though. And, and it could and it could be a deal where. Um, 
uh, where you know Mississippi State lit them up in Week One, and, and Mississippi State's off, Mississippi State's pass offense has been in the tank since. I mean, KJ Costello looks like a Heisman contender in that game. Everybody gave him the Week One Heisman, and then uh, they lost to Arkansas, and he got benched tonight um, against Kentucky. Scored Mississippi State scored two points. Um, so everybody that was crowning Mike Leach is they're they're back in the woodwork. Yeah, K- Kentucky Kentucky beat uh, Mississippi State twenty four to two despite having something like what 150, 160 yards something like that offensively. <laughs> Just a really yeah. really really weird game. Um, what six interceptions I think. So that that's going to be uh, if you're Tennessee, you know, and you know Auburn looks beatable. Arkansas looks like it's going to be a tougher game. A and M a week ago was like ah. Hey, you might be able to get that one now. It's like, okay, and it's pretty good. So it's just – it's going to be the nature of the season, I think, for everybody other than Georgia and Alabama. I think those – and even Alabama tonight was, you know, pushed to the – pushed pretty hard by, by Ole Miss. So – Yeah, um, if, all, if Ole Miss had anything resembling a defense, that could have been fun. Well, nobody in the de- nobody in the league is playing defense except Georgia, apparently. That's um, true. That's true. Going on. I mean, you had a 41-38 game, 45-41, 63-48. I mean, just some crazy. I mean, this league has turned into the Big 12. And so um, that, that maybe puts a little bit uh, of an alarming – when you look at Tennessee's offense and you're like, well, they scored 35 last week. but And Georgia's, got, Georgia's defense is going to make a lot of offenses look ordinary. Let's just be honest. Um, True. But for Tennessee's standpoint, you got to you know, you got to bounce back because um, – it's Kentucky at home. You've beaten Kentucky at home every year since I've been alive. I think even since you've been alive, and you're a lot older than me. So uh, I think maybe one time they lost. I think I think it was '84 when when Kentucky uh, won so, in Knoxville. I'm not sure, but regardless, it, it's 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 it does not happen often. Let's put it that way. Uh, Kentucky run the ball really well. I think they're a little bit one dimensional offense, but they appear to be pretty good on defense. Um, you know, should we say that? And Ole Miss went up and down the field on them last week, so. It's just it's just a weird year in the league, and um, I don't know. I'll have to go look at our picks. I might have not. I might have missed every single one in the SEC. Yeah, I think I, th- I might have South Carolina against Vanderbilt. Yeah, I, I th- think that might have picked right. Yeah, uh, just kind of shows uh, what this league is going to be like. Um, and for the other teams, uh, we'll say the other eleven teams because it looks like Vanderbilt is clearly the the, the drag of the conference. Um. You know, it's going to be whoever whoever plays best on Saturday is going to win. Everything else is pretty much going to go out the window. Um, and we'll have to see what Georgia and Alabama look like. If, you know, that, that's going to be obviously a huge game next week that we'll fortunately get to watch because Tennessee and Kentucky's a nooner. Um, but if you're Tennessee, you absolutely have to – you can't let Georgia beach twice. I know that's a cliche, but it's true. You have to kind of hit the reset button. And um, after you – after Tennessee watches the film of this Georgia game, I think they will be eager to go about there and uh, and try to write or try to write some of their wrongs uh, and get back to uh, and start a new winning streak. Yeah, and uh, pour one out for Arkansas. We 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 can't not mention oh, that. That, that was that was that was that was maybe 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 the worst call I've ever seen. Uh, the SEC can say whatever they want about it, but. Uh, yeah, when you when you throw the ball backwards on a spike, yeah, that's a fumble, and that's that that just can't happen. So, uh, poor one out for the Hogs there. I thought they thought they might have earned that one, but such is life, right? Uh, Pat, anything else from you before I let you go? Uh, I think that's it. I think that's a good place to leave it then, Pat. Thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Wes. 
did I just thank my own coworker for joining us on our own podcast? I think I did, but you know what? It's after midnight, and guys, that's just that's just how it is. Thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash goballs 24-7 or you can go to facebook.com slash goballs 24-7 and you can get uh, tons and tons of Tennessee stuff on there. Some other stuff, uh, but mostly ball stuff on there. Facebook.com slash goballs 24-7. You can also go directly to the source, get that just delicious East Tennessee mountain spring water right from the tap. Georgia can't take that away from you. Georgia can't take the water away from you, Vols. Remember that. Uh, you can get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to uh, to get Tennessee football news, football recruiting news, basketball news, basketball recruiting news, baseball news, Lady Vols news with Maria Cornelius, who does an awesome job covering the Lady Vols for us. All kinds of stuff there. And you can join a the just a huge community there on the checkerboard, and you can uh, talk Tennessee sports with everyone 24-7. Also get questions answered from us just about 24-7 also. You can get that there. Uh, and if you pay us full price for a subscription, which is less than one cheap, mediocre lunch per month, you can get access not only to GoVault 24-7, but also to CBS All Access, which is CBS streaming platform. Tons of stuff on there. Every show CBS has ever made. Commercial free. New movies in and out every month. Uh, live sports, football, basketball, college stuff, uh, NFL stuff, SEC stuff, Vol stuff, NCAA basketball, March Madness, SEC hoops. World Series of Poker stuff, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, all of that, plus stuff from uh, from from Nickelodeon for the kids. Also, you got uh, BET, MTV, Comedy Central. That ring a bell for you? Smithsonian, all kinds of good stuff on there, uh, and. You get that. That's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you for free if you're a full-paying member to GoVault 24-7. That's a pretty good deal, guys. Uh, if nothing else, you should hear from us on Monday unless anything crazy happens on Sunday, which, hey, it's Tennessee. You never know. But uh, most likely you'll be hearing from us again on Monday. So uh, be careful, everyone, with this weather and uh, avoid the COVID. We'll see you soon. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.